the other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. It's Friday morning. That means we are in store for a one-hour edition of Ask Frank Anything. Whatever you have questions about, now's the time to ask them. Start queuing up 1-800-848-WABC. Any subject is fair game. The one thing I would ask is if you have gotten a lot of questions in before, maybe wait a few minutes before you call. Give new people a chance. Well, the interesting news to Today, in a New York minute, is that yes, New York, there is a budget. Governor Kathy Hochul announced just a few hours ago that she and state lawmakers had reached an agreement on a roughly $229 billion state budget that would change the state's bail laws, increase the minimum wage, and provide urgently needed, this is her term, funding for New York City's transit system. The budget was twenty-eight days late. There's still no official signed budget. That should come in the next day or so, but they have the broad strokes of a conceptual agreement. We don't know all the details yet. At least I don't know all the details yet, but it looks like there's some things in here that I like, some things in here that I don't like. In watching this whole budget process, it reinforces my belief that the whole budget process in New York State is broken because they didn't vote on a budget. They voted on an omnibus policy package affecting everything from housing to mass transit to the criminal justice system and forced people to vote on rather than vote on each of these on their own merit shove it all into the budget so that they have to pass and that's no way to consider and debate serious public policy matters i know it's been this way for a few years now governor after governor republicans and democrats alike it doesn't mean it's right and i think this process ought to change a lot of republicans are not happy with the increase in the minimum wage. A lot of business groups are not happy about that. The good news for charter school advocates is Governor Hochul accepted 14 new charter schools in New York City by reviving so-called zombie licenses or permits awarded to schools that had closed. There we are. There is a budget and the world continues. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. One quick update on a story that I mentioned yesterday. Yesterday, I mentioned that I was a criminal. It turns out I'm not. Because they made fire pits in New York City legal as of last year. So uh, it is really interesting. As of now, it's only it's only legal in certain types of residences. But my residence is one of those. Most residences that are a little suburban and uh, not right on top of one another. They're legal within the five boroughs of New York City. Thank you. Minority leader Joe Borelli. He was the leader of that initiative. So we'll see what happens in Jersey City. But where I live in Staten Island, it is legal. So I didn't want to spread any misinformation about that. Those of you that have fire pits in Staten Island, you don't have to worry about hiding them from the authorities. You can buy one from Home Depot with abandon. Hey, tonight is the Staten Island Ferry Hawks 
opening day, and we've got free tickets for you. You can join 77 WABC hosts and the Ferry Hawks for opening night tonight at 7 p.m. John Katsimatidis is going to be there as well. You can meet him, say hello to him. He's usually happy to take a picture with people or hear people's ideas. Catch the excitement of Ferry Hawks baseball tonight at 7 p.m. If you want your free tickets, go to wabcradio.com slash ferryhawks for your free pair of tickets today. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am sorry that I can't be there. I'm trying to get to a game uh, next week. But uh, I'm sorry I won't be there tonight. But it's a lot of fun, and I'll look forward to hearing how it went. WABCradio.com slash Ferryhawks. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, this is a day that doesn't happen too often. I am actually in full and 100% complete agreement with New York Democratic Congressman Gerald Nadler. You know those hulking 32-foot-tall 5G towers that are sprouting up all across New York City, as well as the 100 or so that already loom pretty large? They are now subject to historic preservation and environmental reviews thanks to a directive from the Federal Communications Commission. The edict comes after preservationists on the Upper East Side alerted Congressman Jerry Nadler, who wrote to the FCC earlier this month that the towers appear out of context in historic districts. I think Nadler is exactly right. Uh, Not only do they look ugly, not only are they out of character with historic districts, but I think there's some really big health concerns about what these 5G towers mean for the public. I think on Katz and Cosby, they did an interview with Councilman Keith Powers, who talked a little bit about this last night, but these towers are too large. They're poorly designed. There are are way too many of them. And look, I appreciate the need to get 5G service around New York City, and I recognize the importance of needing to make a cell phone call. But I am glad at this FCC decision last week that each of them is now going to be subject to environmental and historic preservation reviews that were not conducted before work was begun by CityBridge, the consortium behind the project. So CityBridge says that the towers had already gone through reviews to obtain city permits and that the company did not anticipate that the reviews prescribed by the agency would delay the project. This is the forthcoming project. I'm not so sure. As the president of the New York Landmarks Conservancy, Peg Breen, said, better late than never. So I'm glad this is happening, but uh, I am still concerned about the health concerns and the just eyesore concerns of these towers. And someone that I really respect, Catherine Wilde, the president of the Partnership for New York City, which is a very influential business group, she called Jerry Nadler's letter pure politics, as she argued for the towers. I think that's really irresponsible. And maybe it is pure politics, but in this case, I am 100% with Jerry Nadler on this. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. 
I think if you know anything about me, I am the greatest advocate on the radio for the incarcerated. I like to be the voice for people that are behind bars, whether they're in prison, whether they're in jail, whatever the case may be. I speak for them, and I don't think there are enough people that do. And I think people that are incarcerated have rights, and those rights are too often ignored. And I think they should be treated well. Additionally, I am not one of these guys that loves to rant about anything related to transgenderism for five hours and I recognize it's a very small portion of the population and people love to make them scapegoats for whatever their political agenda is. That being said, I must say I was rather shocked to read an article yesterday that the state of New Jersey spends $467,000 on prisoner sex change operations and gender care so far this year. It's only April. New Jersey tax Taxpayers are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on gender-affirming care and sex change surgeries for violent and serious offenders behind bars. Now, I'm all for people that are incarcerated getting necessary medical care. Is a sex change operation necessary medical care? I mean, if you have a severed limb, by all means, do whatever it takes to get that limb repaired. If you need an appendectomy, absolutely. The taxpayers should absolutely foot the bill for that appendectomy. But this strikes me me, and maybe this is my own naivete showing, this strikes me as a little bit of a luxury. And if a prisoner wants a sex change operation, I tend to think that the taxpayers should not be footing the bill for that. The Department of Corrections confirmed four such surgical procedures this fiscal year alone. It was not immediately clear how many prisoners have received gender-affirming surgeries in previous years, but one prisoner who did get the sex reassignment procedures did so while serving a 50-year sentence for the murder of a female sex worker. That inmate, Michelle even Sharat received an additional five-year sentence for making violent threats against prison administrators while she was at a men's prison before her gender transition. Last year, she married a fellow inmate while in the women's prison. Well, I'm certainly glad that's exactly the type of person that sounds like he or she should be locked up with women. You gotta be kidding me. Beam me up! To be continued. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.